We want to welcome everyone back to BNB. That's Betty and Benny with another great hey. Tubi Talk episode. And before we get into everything, let's just officially introduce everyone. My name is Ben, and sitting right in front of me. It's your girl, Betty, 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 Betty. Y'all, what up, though? What up, though, Betty? So, as we promised the audience, uh, we were going to talk about Coffee Talk, which was uh, with Kamal Smith. Uh, I think he shot this film back in 2017. It was about an hour, 33 minutes long, rated PG-13, and Kamal directed, wrote, and starred in it. And what sparked us to uh, watch this film is that he did an interview with a local podcaster, and he was just talking about the whole independent move, film movement, and this is one of his first introductions into it. So just to kind of give you guys a brief overview, this is a comedy, and it's about Malik, who's played by Kamal Smith, who lives the perfect life of sex, lust, and lots of women. But of course he meets his match played by LaBrittany and the character's name is Heather Payton. And he finally encounters his true enemy, which is love. And not having a clue on what true love looks like, Malik relies on his best friend, Mike, which is played by Dez Cortez, to do something he fears the most and that's going through a date. Betty, what is your overall thoughts on the film? 2017, keep in mind though. 2017 it was given 2017 i'll say that <laughs> um i i think that um of course we know everything was written produced star kamal uh smith mm -hmm. maybe you know we know budgets were not that grand back then but i think i think it did a good job it served mm -hmm. its purpose we know that the picture quality has improved over time i think it was a great um a great look back into where they were and where they um are now seven years later um, with this or six years later with this type of production. I thought it was funny. Um, I thought it was, you know, cute or whatever. Um, definitely entertaining. Uh, definitely like to see him uh, get all that he deserves going through the motions after all this womanizing and stuff. So it was definitely interesting. Um, that's that's all I got. Yeah, it was pretty good. One thing about Kamal, he's always going to take a different route when it comes to doing films. Uh, he has a brand in the city or in his independent film thing is just being outside of the box as far as concepts and storytelling that a lot of people don't touch on. Sometimes people would do a certain thing from a gangster perspective then another person would come along and kind of follow in that same vein. And I always applaud him for just kind of going in a different direction, whether it be with this or a comedy or even when he played like a crazy hitman at one time, he always brings that 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 aspect to it. We don't have too many black romantic comedies, but we can always look for him to come out with some popping. What did you think about the feature of Detroit being in the show? Because I always look at Detroit as being a, another character. Do you think they highlighted the city well? I think they did a good job. I always like to see. Um, I like to see when they show you know certain places mm -hmm. in the city, certain places in the surrounding suburbs. Um, something other than that same house that they always film and stuff in. And a lot of times um, they get really good shots of the city, I think. I think they yeah. do a really good job of that. I know I, I, somebody said, uh, I want to be in this, you know, air quotes, Tubi movie. And um, I, I'll take them somewhere else other than the Riverwalk. Ma'am, sir, this is a staple <laughs> in Detroit. And right. people want to be all romantic. They go to the Riverwalk. So right. there's that. Um <laughs> 
it is what it is. This is things that people gravitate towards. So I always love to see, you know, different landmarks, different things. And sometimes they show stuff. I'll be like, damn, am I going to be in this uh, in this background? You never know. You might see yourself at the gas station or something. But, yeah, it's always great to see. Going back to the interview he did, uh, Kamal was just talking about the cost of independent films. Uh, and he was like, you have to really weigh how much you're spending on a person if it's going to be worth it. Uh, kind of just saying, do you want to pull a person from VH1, whether it be love and hip hop, basketball wives, pay them fifteen to twenty thousand to star in your film, and it may not do that well because we only talking about the ones that do well. Some of these films take a long time. What are your thoughts on pay structure and who's worth it and who's not? Because I don't know who keep pulling shooter for some of these films. How how is shooter getting there? <laughs> How is Shout he out to Shooter, there? though. I ain't mad at it, though. My God, what do Shooter be talking about? I don't even... I, You know what? I, okay, this is a little bit aside, but Shooter walking down the street, baby, it ain't nothing he can say to me that's going to even make me give him his my phone number, let alone mar marry him. So I guess it has to be like whatever he's doing in the, the music industry or whatever air quotes, game he's in <laughs> that is attracting him to people. Because I don't understand anything he's saying. Uh, I don't know why they thought that it was a good idea to put him in a movie. Baby, we got to understand what you're talking about in the movie. We don't. Um, please leave him where he's at, okay? But um, some of these VH1 stars are as about um, experienced and talented as my left thumb. So, with that being said, if you're going to choose between hiring one person from VH1 and hiring 15 people from Detroit, please hire the 15 people from Detroit. Please. Right. You know, give but us something. That kind of goes into a conversation you was kind of hipping me up on about the Dirty D and something was happening with the cost and actors and actresses and budget-wise. Some people wanted more money or they didn't get a chance to negotiate. The drama of it all. So I'm scrolling on Facebook yesterday, I think it was. I think that's when I hit you. Mm -hmm. And um, I see Lisa Brown posted something basically the, saying that. Clear the dirty deep for everybody. Oh, my know. God. Uh, the author, <laughs> Lisa Brown. But she was saying um, something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, um, you know, I would have to hire I would have to fire 15 actors to pay two actors the ridiculous salary requirements that they're asking for um and that's not fair to the other actors or blah 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 so I'm thinking to myself like who are the actors that she's talking about and mm -hmm. in my mind I'm like I'm pretty sure Kiva is one of them but so I'm scrolling a little bit longer and I see James Perkins the one who plays Terrence on the show. And he's like, unfortunately, I won't be back for season three of Dirty Deep. So I'm like, okay, that's yeah. one. And then you, I hit you with the information and you hit me back with the screenshot from Kiva's page. And Kiva <laughs> was on there just basically saying that she can't really talk about what's going on, but she won't be returning as Kyra or Kyra won't, won't be returning or whatever to Dirty Deep season three. So that caused a big uproar. In the Facebook group. And, um, the Facebook group, you know, when I seen Lisa's posts had been shared 256 times <laughs> and it wasn't even an hour that that post had been up. I knew that it was going to be the talk of Tubi town 
for a while. And then when I saw James's post had been shared like 50 times, I was like, oh, yeah, this ain't going nowhere. Like, this is going to go around for a minute. But Mm -hmm. I think Lisa came back and said $25,000 times two equals $50,000. times, no, she said uh, $25,000. Sorry. She said 25 actors times two or something like that equals 50,000. So I was led to believe that she was only paying them $2,000 for the series. But in her original post, she said that she each season, she doubled and tripled the salary for her um, people. Mm -hmm. So we were trying to figure out were they asking for 25,000. So there was a lot of controversy. People are saying they were not worth 25000 per season. People are saying that they were. And then uh, Kiva and James both came back and said that neither one of them were able to negotiate a price. They Neither one of them came back and their team didn't say 25000 Their team just asked for, just said that, you know, that, that didn't work for them. And then they were met with, um, well, we're going to go ahead and pass up on this offer. Like we were sending an offer. So, so who, if if they were never presented with the offer, then what did this number of twenty five thousand, or where would this quote unquote ridiculous number come from, if they never hit Kiva and James? If they, if these are the people that she's referring to with an offer, because I'm looking, at, I don't know, I don't know. Was twenty five thousand just a a gross exaggeration? You know, my exaggeration oh, number is like thirty two hundred, or you know, something like 11. that. So I have, yeah, I have a, a gross <laughs> exaggeration number. So maybe that's her gross exaggeration number. Gotcha. I don't know. Maybe she was just throwing that out there. But for Lisa to be the boss that she is and has been in the game for as long as she has made great success, I really think that it is time for her to probably hire a PR firm or a PR person or a social media person to handle social media because now, you know, it's rubbing people the wrong way. And -hmm. whether or not you're, you know, being rude and nasty towards your um, actors or actresses or you're being rude and nasty towards, you know, potential viewers, I just don't think it's a good look. Um, I won't definitely won't compare her to like you won't see Tyler Perry doing that or you won't see uh, Spike Lee doing that because I mean, come on now, we know this ain't what that is. But I really feel like it's a diplomatic way to handle things because this could have very well been handled behind closed doors and been resolved. Right. Um, So I just I don't know. I I don't like it. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I found the post that said every actor is presented with a pay offer each season. Most of the time, is two or three times more than the previous season. All I can do is make a fair offer to each actor according to the project budget. I can't force anyone to accept it. Business is business, and I haven't gotten this far by making bad business decisions. Finally, these 15 actors who are dedicated to the show just, to, just so I can afford to pay extremely high and unheard of salaries in the independent industry to two actors would not be fair or a smart decision to make. And I'm standing on that decision. I love all the Dirty D actors, both past and present, and all of them show supporters. It's very hurtful that people still would take it. It's very hurtful that people would take an opportunity someone has blessed them with and turn around and try to strong arm them with it. Every move I make is with good heart and pure intentions. And because of that, I'm standing on every move I make. I know God got me and I will always be okay. No weapon formed against me will ever prosper. 
the people <laughs> understood what's really going on here. I love y'all. Anytime a nigga put that in a in a business conversation, I always got a side eye of somebody. And she just kind of broke down the math: 25000 for one actor, or twenty five actors equal fifty k. Make it make sense. Anyone that has ever worked with me would tell you. Plus, it's good to every actor to step foot on our set. I pay actors the highest salary in my city. Period. Uh, that's a good thing. If I was a cheap or bad to work with, ninety eight percent of the actors would not rock with me. How they do? Uh, Fifteen hundred per day in the industry is not cheap. People in Hollywood don't get that. People will say anything to play victim, and someone will always be ready to listen. All this ish is a distraction, and I'm not about it to lose, and I'm not about to lose focus. So let me take my jealous, bitter, mad, hating, cheap ass. Who said that? In the Portia Williams voice, <laughs> back behind my computer. <laughs> I can't afford to waste time trying to prove a point to people who have never done a damn budget in their life. Listen, believe all the shit. I got shit to, I got shit to do. Oh Lord, that was a lot. That's a lot for a boss. That's a lot. Like that's a lot. Um, what I will say about that is, um, in some of the comments, because people were attacking Lisa, they always attack her in our and oh, yeah. the Tubi groups, and they, you know, a lot of people attack Kiva. But I also saw uh, Crystal Dow in the comments when people were saying bad stuff about Lisa and saying bad stuff about Kiva, like mm -hmm. what she deserve and you know blah 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 and you know uh crystal just came in there and was like y'all don't know what the hell y'all be talking about y'all just be saying anything so you know and then somebody was like it's a shame that lisa don't want them to blow up or like like they're becoming bigger how are you bigger than the show how are you bigger than the people that's paying you a check that don't make sense if i'm paying you why am i jealous of you all right, David Ruffin. I make money because you, you, because you, you know, you helping me make money. So I was like, people just say anything, and the people that just be saying anything are the instigators that keep this drama going. <laughs> All right, David it's Ruffin. Ridiculous. How you bigger than the group? <laughs> I would say this. I would have loved to see them sit down and come to a number, maybe, because uh, you said what Kiva gets. She said she gets about ten grand per film. Yeah, I was trying to see um, her last post or the last thing that I saw that she posted was something that she makes about uh, 10 grand per movie, which is pretty good because she'd be playing like 10 movies a year. So sis is getting her coin up. Okay. Um, uh, shoot. I mean, I would love to see, let's say she charges 10 per film. What if I think part of negotiation would have been smart if if that what the case was. If, if they would, I think it's kind of ludicrous to come out and say twenty five because we know up front. Oh, this uh, is this is what Kiva said. Go ahead. Okay, she said, "LMAO, I never asked for twenty five k an episode. I didn't get a chance to ask for a price. So they were trying to say that she asked for twenty five k per episode, not per season. Right. She said, yeah. "I never asked for a price. So maybe she's paying them two thousand dollars an episode." Maybe, but um, she said, I just wasn't accepting what was offered to me. My starting price for a movie is 10K and I get it. Everyone has, has been paying it with no problem. If they can't afford it, they give me a percentage or a breakdown to less, uh, to less days. And they typically pay me about 2,500 per day as a starting price. I currently don't take uh, day prices, so it will have to be a flat rate, but I never even gave a number for anything. My team didn't ask me for a number to give. They just informed me that 
Uh-oh, shoot. I lost the thing. Um, they just informed me that what was said. But I said what I said, and I'm standing on it. Okay. I ain't mad at Kiva. Little, little drama. I'm putting it to you like this. Kiva like that blue magic. When you fucking with Kiva, you know what you're going to get. She come with a built-in audience. She got diehard supporters and haters. And as you know, the algorithm don't know the difference. So if you're watching a movie with Kiva and it's just a hate, you've been counted as one <laughs> You've just counted that towards her doing a great job. So it, I, I just think if she, she, I mean, but she's just giving you options. She said, look, if you can't afford the 10K, then sh- shrink my numbers down the days and give me X, Y, Z. And if you can't do the X, Y, Z, hit me on the back end. Yeah. And so, Kiva, she's a pretty busy person. Yeah. Like she has, um, uh, she, you know, she has, I think she has her own salon. I think she, you know, um, maybe yeah, entertainer as well. Like she has a lot of things going on. So she's, you know, busy and I understand like pay me my worth or pay me my time. But for people to say that she's not talented, she's definitely talented. Um, she's definitely bringing in a crowd. I think her one, just her Facebook alone, she has over, uh, almost a half a million followers. Um, on so, her Facebook alone. So ten percent. Let's just say ten percent of those people watch the film. That's damn good streaming numbers. If <laughs> you combine that that her ten percent with somebody else's, mm-hmm. damn good numbers. Now, from my perspective, I thought you were paid based on the bigger the part you had in the, in the film. So, Brick is a main character. Uh, Kiva's kind of a main character a little bit. So. They would get. They would command more. Is that is that mm-hmm. how it's structured? And you well, think, that's what I would think. You know, yeah. the 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 actors or the actors that are um, p- people coming to see, and they ain't coming to see Otis. So <laughs> I feel like you know those are the ones that they and they draw they draw about three or four different storylines on their own. Right. Um. You know, they tie to almost every character in the show in some way. So yeah. It's just unfortunate. I, I don't want to... I, I hope that they don't write the characters out, but then it's going to be hard to watch it with, um, you know, new people. But like they said, should they replace um, Aunt Viv? We had a light-skinned Aunt Viv and the show went on. So, you yeah, know, it is what it is. To, Happens all the time. From that. We still hey. can recover from that. Yeah, but they I, rocked it out for a couple seasons. But yeah, I just think that if they could come back to the table and... I'll I, I put it to you like this. I hope they kill the characters off or send them off in the sunset. I don't want to turn it to season three of the Dirty D and I'm looking at somebody else trying to play Kiva because some of these storylines got too many people in it and it'd be just confusing me because I'm like, wait a minute, who is this again? You're definitely going to be confused. <laughs> they're going to have to come off the rip saying the name in right. order for you to know who they're talking about. But Exactly. Yeah, I get it. I'm, whatever, whatever happens, I'm going to watch it anyway. I'm a definitely um, front. But you know, when we talk about series versus movies, where Kiva is saying that she has, you know, being paid ten thousand per movie, and she's making ten, uh, twenty-five a day for um, um, the series. We got a new series coming out. We got a new series that we just started watching. Street maybe Legal. been out a couple of weeks. Street Legal. Uh, I think it's a great show. I think mm-hmm. it's a great show. I think that it, um, you know, people are complaining about the acting. I don't think the acting is bad. I think that people are unable to separate um, polished acting from people mm-hmm. who are, you know, probably portraying a, 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 a different version of themselves, if that makes right. sense. 
Um, because we're we're used to the way people talk in Detroit. We're used to the way people, you know, mannerisms in Detroit. So it just looks like Detroit people on camera talking, but, but they really are, you know, doing an Absolutely. extension of themselves. I am definitely proud to see Dennis Reed do something like this. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I stayed up last night till about 4 a.m. watching a couple episodes. The only feedback that I do have about the show is that we probably will want to do a little bit more research on some of the uh the way things are handled legally and you know, different situations because some some stuff was a little loose and uh didn't quite flow together. But I like the idea of the backstory with the parents and um, you know, the different stories coming into play. So it definitely was giving me um a little street legal. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever watched any law show with the actual lawyer, they'd be like, oh, that ain't really, really happening. So it don't matter if it's on Tubi or if it's on ABC, mm -hmm. they always got some criticism shit to say. Always, always, <laughs> just always. Like, you know, just in case just like if you was to watch Grey's Anatomy with the with the medical profession. They're like, hey, I don't really work like that. So Oh, you can't tell my daughter because she thought she about to be a fucking brain surgeon watching uh, Grey's Anatomy. You can't you can't tell since she can't deliver a baby, okay? She gonna deliver a baby and cure cancer just because she didn't watch all thirty two seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Like so, since this ain't real. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I it, it I think it was just like some of the storytelling and tying some of the things up for me. Like I'll give you an example one of the things that confused me. So one of the things that confused me is the first episode where the lawyer, I can't think of her name, but when she kills the um, the girlfriend slash baby mama at the right, end. Right. So she shoots her in the head. She sends a text that says, sorry, she didn't have no glove. She ain't wiped down no gun. She ain't wiped down no phone. Off into the distance, right? She did what? She faded off into the distance, didn't she? She just put that gun down and walked out. That she did. And I'm like, damn, they ain't gonna run no kind of test or nothing on that. So that that for me, maybe that was just a you know oversight, but I was just like, oh, okay, this is what we doing. Maybe it wasn't an intricate detail. Maybe that was something that they didn't feel like they needed to uh bottle up. I don't know. But you know, that episode is over and they moved into something else. Are they gonna bring it back up in another episode? Who knows? Maybe that 10 years confused me because I was like, wait a minute, how old? Was these kids? Is that ten years from high school? Ten years from college? What it was, was just ten years later. The boy <laughs> right. was like, "I'm going to a game," and then next thing I know, he was a lawyer. <laughs> so he must have been a senior at that time, I guess. But then also at the same time, it was like ten years later, and they talking about they going to trial. Is this an appeal? Like, is this a, is this a retry? Like, what what's happening here? How long they been in jail for this one crime for ten years, <laughs> and they never went to court? They gonna have to tell me something. They're going to um, have to tell me something. Well, you know what tonight is. is Love and Hip Hop Atlanta night. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to touch on this Erica Mena thing. Get your thoughts and opinions. And, of course, we're just going to put it to the social media platform to see what everybody else thinks as well. Sit tight. And we are back. And kicking up all this dust on social media was Erica Mena's comment to Spice in the middle of an argument. Do you think it was racist for Erica Mena to call Spice a blue monkey? I have about 20 jokes in my repertoire right now that I could have used. And monkey ain't in one of them. Mm -hmm. Monkey is not in one of them. What's ironic to me is that when I was a kid, 
um, my grandma would say shit like, get your monkey ass in here or something like that. But right. we know all of that stuff is derived from some shit that was, you know, passed down the generation to generation. My daughter's in the seventh grade and her teacher said something in reference to monkey. And she automatically was like, that's a racist term. So anybody who is familiar with African-Americans in any shape, form, or fashion, any history, know that that's a racist time. Now, what people are saying, like, I do agree. We know that this is scripted, right? I mean, we know that the producer sets stuff up and blah, blah, blah. Um, I know that Spice, first of all, Erica did come very humbly and try to um, have a very sensible conversation with Spice, but Spice was already heated. Right. I understand. I understand where Erica was coming from. Like you got so much empathy for this person, but where's your empathy for your wife or the, mm-hmm. the mother of your kids? So I get where Erica was coming from with that. Um, and you know, Spice wasn't trying to hear it. So Spice already entered the conversation in a way that she was like not trying to hear anything that Erica had to say. She definitely wanted to hurt. Erica about mentioning her kid. You don't mention people's kids. And, you know, people will say, you know, all bets are off when, um, when you know, when you get into an argument or something. Right. I'm just trying to figure out why those words. Like, why was it this word? Why wasn't it you blue hair, um, bat face, anything? It could have been anything. You know, beat face. It could have been anything. But monkey... Blue monkey? Um, I don't know. I don't know. So I, it, I, I definitely think it was something with that. So do you think, is she calling you blue wig big bitch because you get away with that one? Yeah, so like that would have been the first go-to. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you blue blue hair, you know, bubble eye bitch, something, you know, that could have been right. anything. But the monkey, I was like, monkey, mm, that was a little, that was a little specific for me yeah, I, I <laughs> like why, why that word <laughs> argument with another black person no matter how big a black and said monkey you be a big motherfucker you fat motherfucker you cock-eyed motherfucker you this but never like you monkey like i don't even know so i agree like what did you even pull that term from as but let's insult? let's be clear anytime you and you know so our uh caucasian listeners listen <laughs> anytime <laughs> anytime <laughs> Anytime somebody get mad and it's some kind of racial tension, it's always like three words that they gonna go to. <laughs> and you know off rip with the three words that this is something that they no are good. intended to be racist, right? I'm not gonna say them. I'm not gonna say them because I want to get canceled. And I already know if I say them, you're gonna edit me out anyway, so I'm not gonna say them. <laughs> but but we know that that is the intent behind it. And I, and I feel like that was her intent. I did not, you know, I seen people like why would they air it anyway? It could be twofold. Like, it could be really, you know, y'all wanted to get the ratings. Y'all wanted to draw some kind of emotion. Um, you know, some people are really sensitive to racial right. tension and stuff like that. Um, so you wanted to pull at people who, you know, that might have appealed to. But at the same breath, just like they didn't air the fight between Jocelyn and um, Amber Rose on the... Um, oh, BT. Yeah, on BET Plus on the um, college college hill. college hill, they could have did the same thing. They didn't have to air that. They could have mm-hmm. cut. They could have cut that part and came back in due to whatever you know statements made by Erica Mendy. She would not be returning to the next season of Love and Hip Hop. They could have absolutely did that. But y'all wanted to get some kind of wow factor and get some ratings and get people talking about it. And I feel like they they wrong for that as well. They just they just wrong too. 
Because uh, yeah, yeah, that's one. Of the they didn't have to do that. Yeah, they didn't have to do that. Yeah, I agree. I think if, if it, I think they wanted to wait to see what everybody's reaction was. Since we was mad, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we mad too. Yes, we don't condone yep. this. And it was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I agree because I, I think there was a such another situation, uh, with uh, what's that girl name out of Atlanta? Young lady, not a girl, woman. Trina says something about voodoo and about another young lady who's on the show called her you voodoo doing bitch or something along those lines and the Haitian community spoke up but they never fully aired what Trina said it was just it just the blogs picked up what she said but I don't think they actually aired what she said on the show so I just think they could have handled it that way uh Erica Mena I, I don't know how do you feel about women follow me Betty how do you feel about women of color being in black women's spaces do you think they get too comfortable in those spaces and start using shit? Because this ain't the first time. This is the first time we had the issue with Erica Mena saying something, but there was also a confusion on Love and Hip Hop Miami with uh, Noriega's wife, who's Hispanic. And she also didn't understand why Ace Hood's wife was like, no, nah, you can't come because you're not black. Do you think when, when they start talking women of color, the others of color get too comfortable? I think it's I think that people of different races always try to um, confuse um, inclusion mm-hmm. with exclusion. Like, we're not excluding you. We just ain't including you. Oh, that's a good and, one. you know, just because you are my friend or my business associate, this is for a certain space. Like, this is a safe space for this particular group of people. Just like, I think we talked about this on a, a previous episode yeah. where you mentioned, if I wanted to have, let's just say, um, my daughter is having a sleepover. And this sleepover is for 12, between 10 and 12 age girls. No, your six-year-old ass can't come because guess what? You ain't 10 to 12. It just it just ain't. It don't mean that, you know, I'm excluding you. You just ain't included in this group, right? right. Um, so, you know, it's always that thing, you know, why has it got to be black only, you know, this or black only that, because this is who we include in. We ain't excluding you, you just ain't invited. I like that. (laughs) And they all, you know, and people of other races, they so used to having privilege that they automatically uh, expect to be included in something. And we ain't invite you. Like, don't, don't insert your privilege here because we didn't ask you to come. Not to this space. That's a good one. Well, let's do that. That was a good conversation. A lot of two we talk. A lot of talk about racism and what it is and what it ain't. Next time, come back. We're going to have some more content for you. Some more exciting news. I'm pretty sure both stories going to unfold from Erica Mena to Bambi to Saucy Santana to to this whole Dirty D controversy. So before Please, I don't want to talk about no more of it. <laughs> My name is Ben. It's sitting right in front of me. Who we got? It's your girl Betty, y'all, and I'm out. All right, see you all next time. Peace. Peace.